to the Black Cast Oscar cast. I think this is the fourth. I could do some very, very minor research to find out, but instead, I'll introduce you to the panel, starting with myself. Hi, I'm Christian Blatt. You might know me from such instructional videos as The Adventures of Harry Leadfoot and Alice's Adventures Through the Looking Glass. Actually, no, those neither of those I was part of. But joining me as uh, often is Will Sterling. Yes. At Will Sterling underscore. That's me. And we're recording uh, early enough on a weekday that it is very difficult for me to be... Uh, Not drunk. Seriously intoxicated. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the only way to do the uh, the Oscars uh, post-show is uh, four days later and uh, at 11 in the morning is the only way that Will won't show up drunk. I don't think I was here last year. No, you were that drunk last year. No, no. actually, you told us ahead of time you couldn't do it. I was like, yeah. I'm going to this party, yeah. so I will be drunk. And you, don't yeah. make me drive. But two years ago was when you showed up drunk, and yes. we had cameras that year. Oh, yeah. Notice we don't have cameras. <laughs> uh, and of and course, still drunk from the night before, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Duray, and of course, drunk on the art of cinema, the one and only Christian Toto from Hollywood and Toto. Uh, Christian, you're the only one who's uh, done every one of these uh, Oscar shows with me. I think the first one uh, was just you and I, and uh, we appreciate you always carving out time from your busy schedule. No problem. I was told that I get a pin next year for the fifth year. Mm. Yes, you will definitely get a pin. Uh, sixth year, you might get a mug. And a lobster dinner. <laughs> oh, well, oh. All right, well, settle down with the lobster dinner. How about $20 off a lobster dinner? All right, not a whole lobster dinner. Okay. We still no. have $100 <laughs> off alcohol, but yeah. you have to see. I mean, not just get a lobster dinner from BevMo. You got to yeah, <laughs> it, it'll, it'll all work. Well, um, let's uh, start off and talk about the uh, show itself. Uh, Jeff, I know you saw part of the show. And, Will, did you see much or any of the show? I did see the whole show, yeah. Saw the whole show. Mm -hmm. I saw the whole show. Christian, I assume you also saw the whole show. It's my duty, my honor. Yes, and I will see uh, how you gentlemen feel about this. But uh, for me, uh, no host was the best host. And I hope they never have a host again. Uh, I've enjoyed some of the hosts over the years, some more than others. But uh, just... You know, even taking the time out for a comedy piece that is actually funny, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not, it's like, yeah, but instead just get to the words. Now, it did go 15 minutes over, but I do remember years, it was it was going on until like midnight Eastern time when I, you know, growing up on the East Coast. That was the most infuriating thing. I was like, why does Billy Crystal have the film piece that he goes into, the monologue, and then the songs? And then 30 minutes later, we finally start getting awards. Yeah. So uh, I, I like the way that they do it here. Uh, as our guest, uh, Christian Toto, let me ask you first what you thought of the no host aspect of the telecast. I was fine with it. I think I would prefer a host. But in today's c- kind of climate, 
the host isn't often very funny. They, they, he or she has a different agenda. So if you're going to kind of do the agenda host or no host, I'm all for no host. It makes it quicker. And I did think this show was as streamlined as possible. I mean, I watched and I thought there's nothing really you could trim away, no sort of superfluous moments or uh, fat or filler. And so they just ran through the awards at, uh, you know, lightning's fast. And I, there's a lot of awards, so it makes it three plus hours. But it was as streamlined as possible. So there's that that's on the uh, the positive ledger, really. Yeah. And I mean, because there's no host, it's not really heavy on the politics. Some of the speeches were about very specific issues, but it didn't start off with, you know, I mean, you see see it more obviously in the Trump years or in the Bush years. You definitely see them spending a lot of time on those jokes, which are, of course, huge in the room. And look, at around half the country is going to laugh if they're actually watching, but they're probably not watching. Uh, you know, and then the other half is like, hey, what about us? And then it's like, well, we don't we don't care about anybody that's not in this room. So <laughs> did you uh, did you find that quotient was more tolerable than in past years? And maybe it was because there wasn't a host. Yeah, I definitely was less political than usual. You know, to me, a host is there to make us laugh, to entertain us, to kind of guide us through the whole presentation. So I do miss that. It, it felt kind of discombobulated in a way, just sort of like a, a random series of pieces where the host can kind of contain it, kind of make it kind of connected in a way. And the politics, you know, to me, if you're doing a night about Hollywood, politics shouldn't even enter the equation. You should be telling jokes about movies or culture or celebrities. There's lots of funny stuff. And I, I miss that. I mean, I miss sort of a really killer 10 minute bit, because I think if you asked any comedian, all right, you got an hour routine, I get it. Give us your 10 best jokes and then spend a month working on it, making it even better. I think they'd, they'd make a killer set. So I, I'm sad that that's not really doable anymore, but it, you know, it is what it is. That's way that's way things are going now. Yeah. I had a friend who was a writer on the daily show and when John Stewart would host, uh, they would all actually come out for a week and they'd work on that show for the week. And, uh, you know, I mean, and I, I don't know, I think for me, that was, he was a, he was a good host. Uh, and I think that, I don't know, look, Jimmy Kimmel does, does a fine job. Uh, Ellen's going for something different. You know, she's not really, I don't know, I guess she's there to dance, but Will, I wanted to let you weigh in on the uh, lack of a host short of next year, them saying we want the three-headed triumvirate of the black cast to host if unless they say that mm -hmm. what do you think next year about having another host i would i like the no host i thought it was great because sure. yeah like it gave everybody like an individual little thing like uh john mulaney and aquafina's little thing was funny and tina fey amy poehler and my rudolph were funny now if they do have a host it should be the three of them because that was like i entered watching it right at that thing and i was like oh this is really funny they're all great they should just do this for the rest of the show yeah because by the way a lot of times the host you know, ends up back on stage, what, like three more times? Right. You know, not I mean, ton. not necessarily that, but in a lot of award shows, you don't really see the host that much, yeah. you know? Like, Ricky Gervais would make a joke when he would host the uh, the Golden Globes that he'd been off camera for like an hour. Right. You know, so he was drunk by that point. Right. Which was great. Yeah. I And also, like, now I'm a pretty... Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a political person in so much as like I do think that entertainment is a valuable mouthpiece for social change. But I also don't like it. Like the Golden Globes, I thought was really painful this year, where it's like 
I do. I kind of want to just get on with the show a little bit. I want the the people who win the awards to be the ones to get up and then make whatever speech they want to make. I think that that's like the best place to hear it. Not Jimmy Kim will come out and be like, "So isn't it weird that it's like really awkward and there's like all these people and there's racial <laughs> yeah. tensions and blah blah." I'm like, we everyone's going to talk about this after yeah. you. I don't need you right. to ham it up before everybody does I mean, it. you have the issues that obviously somebody like Spike Lee is mm-hmm. going to address, some, yeah. somebody like Alfonso Cuaron. Right. I don't even know if I said his name right. Cuaron. 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 Uh, you know, you know what they're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and of course it's not like, well, they shouldn't really, you know, in his movie called Black Klansman, he really yeah. shouldn't have talked my, about race. My favorite story from that is my buddy goes to see Black Klansman in the theater. He says two women behind him in the same row, like almost simultaneously, that after the credits like start, one of the women goes, fuck Donald Trump, like crying. <laughs> and then this other woman goes, what? Is there supposed to be a message in my movie? What is this? Why is there this preachy message? And he's like... Lady, you saw Black Klansman. Yeah. I don't know what you uh, thought. No, also, you a film made by Spike Lee. Yeah. Black Klansman. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's a. There's so a people, people, yeah. if people expect there to be no politics and social awareness yeah. in entertainment, I think that that's not, not going to be true. But I also don't need one person sort of like awkwardly steering all those conversations i want to hear that from the winners yeah and usually that is that is what the uh the host comes out and do you know the the one political content uh that i kept seeing throughout award season that was hysterical is i i mean i I don't know that much about it but i guess uh adam mckay did this funnier die video where uh christian bale is dressed up as as dick cheney that looks hysterical i mean there's no way that's a real movie there that couldn't possibly be a movie uh everything that i see is so heavy-handed uh, and that, that couldn't possibly be a movie uh except of course for the fact that i have a screener of it and i have a friend who loved mm-hmm. that movie but i i can't bring myself to watch it you haven't watched I'll it take no i screening. haven't watched no I, I well you can you can borrow it because that is against academy rules sir Sorry, actually true. i don't even think you can borrow it i've destroyed all not. my discs <laughs> which is like they commanded me uh, to do i burned them in a fire uh but uh i don't know i mean it's uh it, it's just hard to look at that movie for me and and i, um, I think that's I, I'm, a I'm, weird I'm, p- position to I, take on i'm going to go ahead and go on record it, it's it's not because i love uh, dick cheney i can't take it seriously what? it's probably because i hate adam mckay but anyway uh Backstory. I don't know you were that passionate about hating Adam McKay. Yeah, he was a writer on SNL when I was an intern. But anyway. And uh, <laughs> yeah. did, he, did he do Eastbound and Down too? Mm, did he? Because if he did, I'll give him, uh, I have to take back like a little of that. Anyway, so Jeff, you didn't see much. So uh, are you allowed to have an opinion? I, I, about which thing? About the hosts? <laughs> no, about race? Yeah. About race? About the struggle of... Uh, of uh, yeah. Hall of Just Us. Yeah, well, that's a T-shirt that people can't see that you're wearing. Yeah, I'm glad you held it up to it the mic. Really, it, no, it works. So on, it's, in yeah, the it sounds like this. Medium. That's his shirt. Oh, yeah, that's my shirt. Um, all right. Well, let's. Uh, so that's a little bit about the <laughs> show. Jeff, does Jeff have something Duh. to say? No, I, I was going to say. I'm, so I mean, I already come in from the standpoint of I don't really give a shit about the Academy Awards as much. Like, I think it's a huge circle jerk. I kind of always have. Sure. Because it's like, hey, let's have a big award show held by the people who make movies about how great movies are so that we can once again hold it over all the people that keep the lights on and like keep our infrastructure going and like tell them how much more important we are than them and why we make millions of dollars 
my, to entertain them. My while favorite they do moment the work every year happens months after the Oscars telecast when the director of the Oscars always wins an Emmy. I just the idea <laughs> that the director and some years he's directing the Emmys while he uh, he accepts the award. And I, I just that's the most showbiz thing that you could possibly do. Yeah. Here's an award for that show that was about all of us getting awards. Yeah. Now, if only they could make a movie out of the Emmys, then you, the director of the Emmys could win an Oscar. Oh, well, Emmys the movie. Emmys. I, I don't know. It's better than some of the movies out there. I can figure it Starring out. Starring Emma Stone as an Emmy that comes alive. Emmy Stone. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Emmy Stone. It's like mannequin so, too uh, on the move. You get half the egot that way, by the way. That's that's great. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Oh man, I know. I, I I I I don't have any of those yet. I don't have the E, G, O, or the T. But uh, well, I I appreciated the fact that it seemed like the lack of host, or maybe just like cutting out all the people that once again are doing all the hard behind the scenes work and not getting the glory, and who should maybe have gotten their moment on TV, getting cut from the show, gave us more time for speeches. Yeah, well, I I did like yeah. they told us up at the top that they weren't going to give those awards during the commercials, which is probably. Well, not probably. I'm sure that's exactly why they floated it out there. Oh, people hate that. Okay, we're not going to do that. Yeah. And I think if they were to do that, don't announce it like a week before the, the awards. Just say now, hey, next year at the Oscars, just so you know, in these categories, we'll show it online, but it's going to be during the commercials. So mm -hmm. just be ready for that. You know, that I, I feel like if they are going to do that, but I, I don't know, people don't watch it anyway. You know, it's got to be like a, like a, a real loss uh, for the network. I, regardless, yes. Should sir. just go back to posting it like a list, like a oh, school like they, playlist, like well, yeah. in a hallway somewhere. Like, to, Here, everyone got their Oscars. Go home. I don't know, Christian, if you know how long they did this, but it used to just be a dinner, and they would do it every two years, and you would be the best film for like two years, and then yeah, just the list would be in the newspaper, and you'd be like, oh look, that's who won. I kind of like <laughs> like love that idea of like, because think about how many years that we've kind of had weak shit and then how many years you have packed like every year would be like a real tight race of like oh there were several great movies over the last two years yeah no that's true and just imagine because then Shakespeare and Love probably wouldn't have won but uh, <laughs> Christian what were your high points for the telecast like what did you what did you enjoy was it any of the performances or what stood out for you to me the only magic of the night was Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga not, not an original selection but the rest of the evening was safe. It was economical. Uh, nothing was edgy or interesting or bold or different. That got me. Not just the fact that it's a good song, they're two charismatic performers, but the way they led up to it, they didn't say, and now here's Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. It just flowed. You heard yeah. the music. You saw them take the stage, and it was a magic moment. It was, it was why you watch the Oscars. You want to have that spontaneous bit of creativity, that lightning in a bottle. And the rest of the night didn't really have that, but that was the moment, and it was beautiful. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, are they dating? My gosh. Well, maybe they're just <laughs> performers who like each other yeah. and can create chemistry on the fly. So, uh, but listen, I, I'm grateful for that that song and that experience, and I wish there were more moments like that, but they really weren't, weren't around this time. Yeah, I think that the reason why that director is going to win the Emmy is for the <laughs> – uh, have Bradley sit next to her at the piano? Move, move, move. <laughs> now. Okay. Ready? One, take one. You know, that, that move right there is like, oh, look, he doesn't need to be sitting next to him. Now they're sharing a mic. And then that's when everybody's like, oh, yeah. All right. High five, Bradley. You're hitting some gaga. All right, bro. I like to imagine the director of the Oscars is like Ed Harris in the Truman Show. <laughs> just standing oh, yeah. there like, God, moon, yeah. go. Yeah. I mean, it's probably it's probably not wrong. And if anyone ever like really just like kept going during the orchestra, his like God voice would come down like, what are you doing, <laughs> Stanley? <laughs> The uh, 
the musical performances, uh, you know, the the one that's I, I don't know somewhat notable is uh, Bette Midler doing the song for Mary Poppins Returns, which just reminded me uh, just how dull and soulless Mary Poppins Returns was. Because mm. like I did yeah, not see it. it it's That's not. The one I like it's it. like everything that Mary Poppins was, but it's sort of like the reverse. I can see how like kids would like it, but I think if you showed them both. They would be like, can I watch the first one again? Mm -hmm. You know, like my son Felix has seen Fox and the Hound one and two, but he doesn't. He doesn't ask to watch episode two. Uh, why? You know, why? Book of Fox and the Hound two. Book of Shadows. Yeah, but, thank you. Yes, because yeah. they're on the same DVD. That's why. <laughs> Got it. Because I still use old media. Um, let me ask Christian: Did you uh, see Mary Poppins, and did you see it with your kids? I'm wondering more importantly that. My kids are kind of inscrutable when it comes to movies. I take them to a lot of screenings, and they're often blasé or bored or rate the movie based on how much candy and popcorn Dad gave them. But that's so actually kind of that's actually how Jeff still yeah Jeff still yeah. determines whether or not a movie's good by how much popcorn he was able to eat. X Men First Class was a first class film with three <laughs> bags of candy. Uh, but uh, so so they didn't see that one. I give that one five Godfathers. Oh. I, I, I have no recollection of what they thought of it. Yeah. I thought it was perfectly fine. I, I, listen, the music is nowhere near as yeah. great or good. As the original, but I thought they created, they recreated the moment, the mood, the visuals. Uh, that Emily Blunt was just fine. I, I you know, I, I thought it was as good as you could expect in the modern era, without sort of being crazy or disrespectful or anything. I, I thought it was okay. Yeah, it was certainly uh, respectful, and I do think that she. I, I wasn't sure what to make of her, but until I saw it, and I was like, okay. But I think that yeah, it was just missing. It was, I, I don't know, it's missing the thing that Disney's supposed to do best, which is magic. And yeah. there just was like, z the, the, the magic meter was at zero for that. <laughs> um, but the uh, other big musical moment was what, you know, kicking off the show with uh, what, what they call Queen. Queen plus Adam Lambert is actually how that's billed. Uh, now on tour, uh, suddenly playing in larger venues than they did last year, thanks to that movie. Uh, and I thought that was a cool thing to start with something like that. Uh, it's probably the only way you'll see rock music on network television. Um, what what sort of stood out for you during the show, Will? Was it was it some presenters? Was it an acceptance speech, or was it one of the performances? Um, I liked a lot of the presenters, like I had kind of mentioned before. Some of the smaller little things, like funny. funny yeah, Aquafina and John Mulaney was the funniest one, yeah. especially in that like they were like excited that Spike Lee was there and he just was like, don't, don't drag me into your bed. Right. Which actually made me laugh even harder. Right. That he's like, I, I don't have a sense of humor. No. <laughs> I liked Spike Lee's speech. I know it was kind of tough for him to get out, but I thought it was an important thing for him to say. And I find it more hilarious that then the president's response was calling Spike Lee a racist. Yeah. So that whole <laughs> I missed that. thing together was really, really just a wonderful thing to witness. Um, I mean, he is a racist. Did you see that movie Do the Right Thing? They were not doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked... I mean, I like the Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga performance because that's a good song. I don't like A Star Is Born, but I do like that song. No, that's, yeah, I, I think that the, I think the movie's okay. And by the way, a little bit later at the end of the show, after uh, after Christian goes, uh, our friend here from After Buzz, uh, Marissa Serafini, will join us because she's a huge Star Is Born fan. Uh, in an age when people 
don't really see movies in the theater very often. She saw it ten times in the theater. She has beat my Man of your Steel Man of Steel record. and wow. and, uh, and, and, and um, Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Yeah. Oh. So uh, we'll talk to her a little bit more about uh, about that film. I feel really bad for her. Um, <laughs> she loves it though, so well, don't feel bad for her. Look, time. I feel bad for the couple. I read this article about a couple who, uh, for like twenty six straight days, they went to see Bohemian Rhapsody every night. But oh let's talk God. about that movie in a little bit. I uh, saw other favorite favorite part. I like Black Panther getting some of the some technical words at least. And score. And score. That was the one that I said. I went my voter guide because we played like a thing and I yeah. technically tied, but I had gone to get more like beer. And so like they did the like awards amongst our friends as I was gone. Yeah. And then I came back and we were all outside and I was like, oh, who got the most points? And they're like, what another thing? My thing was like, oh, I think I won actually. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't say it. I was like, I don't need the victory. It wasn't for a cash prize? Internally. No. Oh, it was okay. Like, that doesn't like matter. Goofy no, no. little prize. Doesn't matter. Um, and, uh, so yes, but so I followed the New York Times. Really, was like my like go to source of like I'm how sorry. should I vote? It's the failing New York Times. Go ahead, the failing New York Times. Yeah, and your Christian would like that. Been in the failing New York Times. Yeah, about how people are failing in New York. <laughs> well, these yeah. times. Hey, Amazon's failing to build a headquarters there. Well, they, oh, topical. Anyway, sure. go ahead. Well, uh, and the one thing I deviated on only because I really love that score and I was like, I need this to win. Oh, was no. I chose Black Panther instead oh. of what they recommended. Oh, okay. okay. And I was yeah, correct. Yeah. 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 And, and I love that uh, that guy was uh, what Ryan Coogler's roommate in college. Yeah. No. They've been friends since USC. I mean, yeah. working together. Maybe they were roommates. I don't but know they, they, roommates, they were friends but, since college. Yeah. Yeah. And then he did the Creed score and the Creed 2 score. And he's a great composer. So, uh, Creed 2, Book of Shadows. Yes. So, I actually have <laughs> been a fan of that guy since like two. 2011 ish because he's the guy who does all the production for Donald Glover's Childish Gambino music. Uh, oh, okay. So, uh, so he used to do the score for Community. That's how those two guys. So met. you've did? Mm-hmm. you've well, been a, a fan of him longer than Will is what you're trying yeah, to make sure. I just needed to get that yeah. in there. So yeah. I just needed to let everybody know <laughs> yeah. that I knew about him <laughs> before fine. you. So it's that fine. Yeah. like maybe even before Ryan Coogler. So oh, like you guys okay. can both shut up. Well, all right. F- fair enough. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, those are. I guess, all right, well, let's uh, let's talk about the awards and the not the show, but the actual awards and the uh, the winners themselves. Um, let's start with, I guess, what seems like a very uh, controversial choice, which was uh, best film and uh, best picture. I guess they use, and uh, that of course was Green Book, which I I saw. I thought was a was a good movie. I I understand. That there's a there's some arguments about it's a uh, white savior film, mm. um, that's the term that's used. I'm I'm pretty sure if you see the movie, uh, it's the 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 black guy who saves the white guy from being an asshole. But uh, that that's the way I saw the movie. Uh, I obviously have a, have a different prism that that maybe I saw it from, um, and I understand that. They people were upset that uh, Mahershala Ali's character, Doctor Shirley, they didn't consult his family, but. Uh, Viggo Mortensen, you know, Tony Lip, I forget what his real last name is. His, yeah. <laughs> wow. You guys have been rehearsing that. I'm impressed. I wish I was filming that. There's a whole bit in the movie about Yeah, but I just didn't remember. Yeah. Uh, that his son wrote the screenplay. So it is a story about him. Right. So, uh, I mean, sure, you could have asked Dr. Shirley's family, but they also weren't there. Your Dr. Shirley had passed away. Mm, so yeah. if you if Dr. Shirley was alive and you didn't ask him, it was like, Oh, why didn't why didn't you ask him? What are you going to do? Ask his family? Well, you know, you weren't there either. Plus, it's like the the story wasn't about him or his relationship with his family. Or it wasn't about him and his relationship with his family whatsoever. It was about him and his relationship with this with other Tony guy. Lip. Yeah, and it was like so. My description of that movie, uh, if I was going to really boil it down, is like 
loudmouth Italians who are normally the most racist learns to not say anything to the gay black guy. <laughs> like, well, look, there's like one moment that shows you that he learns. There's two moments. So there's a moment where he throws away the glasses that the the black guys who had come into the house to you know do the plumbing or whatever, yeah. and he had tried to throw them away, and then at the end. When you know, I don't even I don't even remember what the disparaging term was. I think it was in, in Italian, uh, whatever it was. It was he was just like gabagoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, gabagoo. Yeah, but he was just like hey, hey, don't call him that. And he's like, all right, settle down. You know, you used they to call, be one of us. They say Mugliani, which is well, like yeah, eggplant. It yes. just means eggplant, right? Yeah. And he's like, don't call him that. And it's like, all right, we'll see. Look there, right there. There's there's the growth. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I th- I think it's a good movie. I think it's typically. Uh, this, it's the sort of movie that shouldn't surprise anyone that, that wins an Oscar. Uh, Spike Lee sort of made a, a point that anytime somebody gets driven, uh, he loses. And yeah, it's like, well, this time Miss Davies, Miss Daisy's driving, you know. And I'm like, yeah, fine. But I, I still thought that I know it doesn't make it a good, it doesn't make it not a good movie. And I think a lot of the outrage was people who were writing about a movie that they say, like, well, I haven't seen it, but and I'm just like, well, then stop talking about it. Yeah. If you see it and you don't like it great. You don't have to like anything that you've seen. But everybody was so quick to say this is the worst Oscars winner ever. And it's it's not even the worst Oscars winner this century. No. I mean, we had a Lord of the Rings movie win. Uh, What's wrong with that? Titanic won. Are you fucking kidding? The Return of the King is a great movie. Stop. Fuck you. It's a movie. That's There's a great a movie. It's a, come down. it's a movie. <laughs> I love Return of the King. Uh, Crash. You are Crash won. incorrect. Crash like won this Crash. century. Yeah, but did you love Crash? Uh, I mean, okay. I didn't love Green Book either. In so. the fairness, when I came, when I saw Crash, it was after I'd been at Bad Boys School for oh, two years. Yeah. So it was the first like hardcore yeah, movie yeah, I'd yeah, seen yeah, in a yeah. long time. You were ready for it. So yeah, um, but I Christian. For uh, it. So I wanted to know your thoughts on the the win by Green Book and also the film itself. Love the film. Surprised it won. I thought Roma. I thought this was Netflix's moment. Now Roma won a bunch of awards. Don't get me wrong, but I thought this was the. Oh my gosh, a movie that essentially debuted on Netflix was going to win Best Picture. It seemed like Netflix is ruling the world. Yeah. Everyone loves I mean, if you Google Roma and Masterpiece, your screen lights up. It's like, oh, you're going to do it. So I, I, I thought it would win, and it didn't. Um, I thought Roma is half a good movie and half a snoozathon. Um, I, I think it's overrated. Um, so there's that. And as far as Green Book goes, it's, it's more of a black savior movie because. The black character saves the white character's soul. He's he's tortured. He's toxic. He's got filled with hate. Yeah. And by the end, he's learning. And of course, the white character saves the black character from some skirmishes. They both grow and learn from each other. And I think a lot of the um, the, the rhetoric around the movie is misguided. And also, it's okay that a white man can direct this movie. And it's also known that the director, who is white, consulted with many of his black colleagues, including Octavia Spencer, who was black, and Maharshal Ali, who was black, to make sure that certain scenes were done in a sensitive fashion. So I, I, I feel like a lot of the arguments against it are dishonest. Listen, you could say it's predictable. Absolutely. You can say it's been done before. Sure. And you could say it's not a good movie. It's perfectly fine. But I, I think some of the attacks in the movie have been uh, dishonest. Yeah, and I mean, to your point, I was reading very specific, and the director is Peter Farrelly, who is a great director, mm-hmm. and it's just, you know... Stuck on me. Mm-hmm. Right. So or stuck on you. Or stuck in Cameron Diaz's hair. Hey. What? I'm just saying. But he's... No, and uh, he also wrote a, wrote a great book called The Comedy Writer, which I recommend. I don't read a lot of books, but I read that one, and uh, I would uh, strongly recommend that to anyone. Uh, whether you are a comedy writer, whether you've moved to Los Angeles or not, uh, I think it's uh, it's a great book. 
Um, but I, I think, yeah, he he's a, he's a great director, and he directed a, what was a very good uh, Oscar-winning movie. And I mean, look, as huge of a nerd as I am, and what a great moment it would have been. Black Panther wasn't going to win Best Picture. No, it's a superhero movie. It, it, it's a it, I don't know. To me, it's not even the greatest Marvel movie of last year. No. <laughs> I think Avengers is better, but yeah. it's a great movie. It's a great superhero movie, but it's still a superhero movie. And I don't think we're at the point yet where a superhero movie is going to win uh, an award. Um, I've seen Black Klansman. I think that that's, that's a great movie, too. It certainly could have won, but I don't know. Maybe just voters don't like Spike. If I think the Dark Knight doesn't win and like yeah, isn't best. That's a great point. Yeah, Black Panther is. If the Dark, yeah, that's right. If the, if the Dark Knight returns, no, there's just the Dark, Dark Knight. Knight yeah. yeah, or or the Dark Knight returns. But if the, yeah, the Dark Knight was actually uh, nominated. If that didn't win, uh, Will, I'm not going out on a limb asking this question. Dark Knight's better than Black Panther, right? Uh, yeah, technically. In, in terms but of a movie, just, no, no, just in terms yeah, of a movie, I, yeah. I, yeah, there's not a movement behind, you know, right, 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 it, yeah. right. it's not as important of a film, uh, except that it gave that Joker laugh to people. Well, it became <laughs> an important movie because people didn't expect it to be that, and yeah. it sort of redefined the way that we make superhero movies. Yes, so. and it, uh, well, it, it sent, uh, Warner on a, a very specific path with their movie universe because yeah. of, uh, that movie. Dark. Dark night. Yeah, yeah. Can we get that dark? <laughs> the darkest night. Can we get a darker night? Not this this night's not dark enough. Not to be confused with the uh, early 2000s Martin Lauren comedy, uh, Black Knight. Oh, yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, you know, I, I, Black Panther wasn't going to win. Um, I didn't, I didn't see the favorite, but I know it's called the favorite. I like that movie. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a screener for it. It's the only reason I didn't see it. I wasn't going to go to the movies to see Lazy. it. Lazy. Oh, wow. Like you have kids or something. Cheap. At home. Also wow. cheap. Wow. Also cheap. Wow. Um, but, uh, A Star is Born, I didn't feel like it was going to win. I thought like, oh, this is going to win a, a song hmm. and it could have won a performance award for Lady Gaga. Uh, it didn't, but I, I could see how it would have, um, Vice had it won. You were like, okay, this is because they were voting for you know politics. But what I do want to talk about, Christian, is what you said about Roma because I actually watched it last night, and Jeff, you watched it last night too. Yep. We didn't watch it together. Nope. Don't mm. let those rumors start. Aww. But um, yeah, I think it's a beautiful looking I movie. That Homa. <laughs> Christian like that. Um, I I thought it it's wonderfully shot movie. Uh, I think there's some some good performances. That actress who played Cleo, I think she does a great job. She's kind of the one that stands out because everybody else is. See, that's funny you said that because and maybe this was just maybe I didn't connect with her the right way, but it was like at the end of the movie, I said to Natasha, I was like, she got a best actress nomination for making the same blank face the whole, like for two hours. Like seriously. No, she smiled twice. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So come on. (laughs) I'm just like, her story was beautiful. It felt more like that's a nomination for the story that was crafted for this person rather than the performance of an actress. I think that's that's a a fair way to say it. I I do think, but she's the only, acting wise, she was the only one who stood out for me. I thought that they did a good job with the kids. You know, I thought that the kids were funny. Um, and I, you know, look, I, I don't think it was a bad movie, but I wasn't, I, maybe I don't understand. It's a movie what, that's going to be in so many film classes like yeah. going forward because there's so many, there's so much symbolism. There's so much imagery. There's so much like nods to different things. It's like the camera work, all these things. It's yeah. beautiful. It's, you know, you watch a Quaron movie and you're, there's, you're almost like, oh, a cinematographer took over a film and just like went yeah. ham because uh, that uh, there's one shot from Children of Men, which is still my favorite Quaron movie, 
uh, it's like the the one shot when they're going through that like fucked up town, like mm-hmm. right when they the mm-hmm. baby's finally born, and it's probably like still to this day one of my all time favorite like scenes in terms of how powerful it is. Yeah, and well, it, you see that similar, just like the idea of using the camera and that image as like a really important way to tell the story. Well, interesting you should mention that because I was going to talk about uh, there's a there's some very powerful imagery in the movie that uh, connected with me uh, and uh, I don't know possibly with with you, Christian, having been in a delivery room when both of my children were born. Uh, that's just it's just heartbreaking, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's well filmed. But that makes it just so uncomfortable and hard to watch. But in a way that movies sometimes do that, and I understand that. Uh, you know, so they did an excellent job in making something that's really difficult to watch when her uh, her daughter is is stillborn. And I I was just like, you know, it's great filmmaking. It's you know a huge reason why I will never watch the movie again is I don't well, I don't want to relive that. But I think that they did a great job. And um, I don't know, Christian, uh, did did any any individual things? Doesn't have to be that scene. Did anything stand out for you uh, in the movie uh, that you're like this this aspect, this storyline, or or something about it was really well done? Well, I have to say, you know, you're supposed to connect with Cleo, and you do. But for heaven's sake, she can't clean up the dog crap. What's going on with that? <laughs> That's her full-time job, and there's dog crap everywhere. I think that, that so, she and, and I don't know, if the other girl I think is not her sister, but they're friends. Mm-hmm. I think the other girl, they just each think, well, you'll do it this time. No, no, you'll do it this <laughs> it's, time. It's a great point. According though. to something that I read, um, because I ended up trying to look up why the fuck a German guy is singing a song dressed as Krampus around a fire. Like Once that scene happened, yeah. I was like, I'm going to have to do some reading after yeah. this. Uh, and they were saying that the the dog shit is supposed to be symbolism for like the growing chaos in their lives, right? Oh. Like we start with her cleaning that up, and yes. then we've got the dad coming in with his car that's too big for the family because he's <laughs> too big for the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's like you know he immediately steps in shit, and it's just like I don't want to be here. Why is there constantly shit? And it's like the yeah. more chaotic their lives get, the more shit is there. And it's like no matter how many times she goes and cleans it up, or is told to go clean it up. There's just more and more shit. As someone who owns a dog who shits often, <laughs> um, I thought, and I, I don't know, it seemed like, and maybe it's like one of those personal interpretations, but it felt like a clear thing to me where it's like, these these poor two women are so overtaxed in their work of making these other people's lives perfect mm-hmm. that there's always going to be something that falls by the wayside. Right. And no matter how perfect the life looks to the dad, he's going to find reasons to be upset or uncomfortable, yeah. you know? And so it's like, it's it's clearly about the dog shit. Like, why can't you pick up dog shit? He's not upset about the dog shit. He's upset about the fact that he's wants to leave, you know? That he's has a mistress, that he doesn't love his wife anymore. Like, that's really the truth of it. The dog shit is just this external gross thing that connects to him and also the fact that she's got so much shit to do that heaven forbid there'd be like a couple of things of dog shit that one of the kids should have to fucking pick up as a chore. Well, uh, I'm just cracking wise about the dog crap. I didn't know until <laughs> into this whole. No, no, no I've gotten into this argument with with other people before because people had really, really bothered them, and I was yeah. like, I don't understand why this is the thing no, about well, the movie. That you can understand people. why it bothers the dad in the movie, but uh, for a viewer to yeah. be bothered, no, yeah, some people clearly, like couldn't get over it. It's clearly intentional. I mean, you're not going to have a bunch of close up shots of shit and <laughs> shit being smushed if you're not trying to make people a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable with you just talking about it. Um, so. So anyway, uh, back to my uh, my earlier uh, question, Christian. Were, were there were there things about the movie that you thought uh, were well done in Roma? Yeah, I mean the, the big beach scene at the end was just jarring and, and powerful. Yeah. I, I just I was fascinated by 
how the men treated the women in this part of the world at, yeah. in this period of time. I, I thought that, I mean, it was certainly toxic and, and hor- horrible. And I, I thought it was really depicted in, in a very sharp, uh, unflinching manner. So that, that jumped out at me. And, and my, my God, how could anyone treat anyone else like that? But it yeah. was happening right there. And that that was interesting to me. And, and I, I just thought the first, you know, people describe this as sort of cinema verite. You're getting a sense of, who Cleo is, what the family is, and I get that. But the first half of the movie, you can maybe spend 10, 20 minutes kind of setting the scene and getting us into their lives and into the drudgery. And But I think it went way too long. And then and then it, I think there were a lot of interesting themes, political themes. I also thought it, it dealt with class issues in a way that didn't hit you over the head. It showed it. It let you interpret it. It let you kind of, kind of grasp different themes there. But it wasn't like anyone stopping and lecturing and say, well, the poor downtrodden people don't get it, the medical care that the other – like that kind of thing. So I thought uh, – kudos for Quran for introducing really kind of meaty subjects without really getting out on a soapbox. Yeah, and I did like that uh, You know, he wanted us, the gringos in the audience, to know that they're speaking a different language. They're speaking you know, some kind mm-hmm. of Mexico. slang. So there's yeah. the indigenous, the right. shorter, like Incan-type looking people, right, right. and then the lighter skin, which are like the conquistador yeah. descendants. So I thought, yeah, I thought it would, you know, because, look, you subtitle a movie, you don't have to... You don't have to make that differentiation. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know what I don't know yeah. what they're saying. Just well, tell me. That's because we don't no. see anything yeah. different. Right. If you'd so seen I, it in the original yeah. Spanish with Mexital, there'd be an, right. Um, I thought, yeah, and look, I, I don't know anything about Mexican history. I like, I, I don't know if like that clash with students is like a, a really big event. You know, I didn't, Corpus like, Christi that, massacre. Okay, yeah, so that's yeah. Is. I was gonna say, I don't know if that's like Kent State or something. You know, yeah. that like people, it's actually like it's like the one to one comparison is Kent okay, State. That's kind of what I figured. And um, if I hadn't watched it yesterday, I might have done some research, but I'm barely lazy, so I probably wouldn't have. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, so oh, I just wanted oh, to yeah, say sorry based on what he was talking about. So. Interestingly enough, that's uh, my aunt on my dad's side. It lived in Mexico City for 30 years. And so that's where uh, my three cousins from her uh, grew up. And their father left the family to go start a new family. And then, like, got Mm. my uh, cousin addicted to crack and shit. So it's like all this stuff is, like, very much still going on. Like, that's just it's very culturally pervasive. The idea of just like "Mm, didn't like your family, start a new one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, look, it's I don't know. I I think it's it's an interesting story at times, but it's two hours and fifteen minutes that I felt like didn't need to be that long, and I think the only reason I stayed because I watched it at, at night. The main reason I stayed awake is because I had to keep reading, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I was like, wait, wait, I missed something. So, uh, but uh, yeah. So I I don't know. I mean. I feel like it wasn't the best movie of the year. So in that way, okay, yeah, it didn't deserve to. Win. Great, he he won for director, um, uh, actor in a leading. Role. I could have seen cinematography. Yeah, sure, but I mean, you know, I guess the direct. Look, there's some cool camera movements where you know they're going past crowds and back to our characters and things. There's some of that stuff that's great, but I guess that's technically cinematography. So, um, yeah, but. Uh, but anyway, uh, wanted to move it along to uh, actor in a leading role, which was the the big award that went to Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, Rami Malek. And uh, I'm going to attribute this to someone that I read uh, because this is clearly not my opinion, but that the best acting that they saw all night was Rami Malek pretending that that girlfriend was somebody who was actually important to him. Um, and how else did he get in a Brian Singer movie? Now, I, that is not my opinion, but, um, yeah, I, I, I there, there, it was a little heavy handed, like to, and that's the actress from the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Uh, is it the only woman that he knows? Nobody has to answer these questions. No one has to answer these questions. Um, I think he did a good job as Freddie Mercury, but I don't like that movie. Just period. I don't like that movie. I think the first two acts are okay. And then the third act, it, they just fabricated so much of the story that it took me out of it. My wife didn't know what they had done to... to uh, uh, I do not know what they have done. So, Please uh, tell me. I will tell you that, uh, one, the guy who's his partner, he doesn't... Uh, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. I'm going to pick you up on the way to Live Aid. That is, of course, <laughs> not what happened. Of course. He never came out to his parents even a little bit. He also did not know he had AIDS when he performed at Live Aid. And Queen was not even remotely broken up when they performed at Live Aid. In fact, they had been on tour two months earlier. So the, oh, I don't know, are we going to know how to play together? You know, any of that. It was just like, the, the movie had been okay until that point, but I was just like, so you didn't have a good third act, so you just invented a bunch of stuff. And look, if you're going to tell the story about Freddie Mercury, you want to factor in the fact that he has AIDS, but then don't end with Live Aid, if, if that is w what you feel like is important. Don't pretend that that's when he knew he had it. Uh, and they really gloss over his private life. If you've read anything about Freddie Mercury, uh, it's not like he went to a bathhouse one time and oops, I got AIDS. Yeah. You know? So um, I think he did a, a decent enough job, but those teeth were like something out of Saturday Night Live. You know? <laughs> they were too big. You it, could tell that he had to kind of like suck them in so they, because like you could just see like as an actor, he yeah. was fiddling with them. Yeah. Somebody who's, that is the shape of your face and your teeth. Like yeah. you're not constantly aware of the teeth that are in your mouth. Yeah. There's probably, Probably takes where the teeth fell out. I you know? feel like yeah. were, I was like we couldn't like the makeup department couldn't have done half that size. Yeah, just half. Uh, and I mean, seeing the movie, I was like, oh, this is why Sasha Baron Cohen bailed on this movie yeah. like two, three years ago because it's not an honest portrayal of Freddie Mercury. The problem is that the guys from Queen are producers yeah. and they're in the movie and they're like, well, we're not going to look bad, right? You know, of course, we're all very accepting of everything, and maybe yeah. they were, yeah. but. You know, they're all like, well, these are the greatest guys ever. And Freddie was kind of a jerk. And I'm sure he was. But, uh, you know, uh, but what did you think overall on the movie and Rami Malek's performance, Christian? I agree in the teeth. It took me, I don't know if it took me two scenes to accept him as it, or they shot it chronologically and it took him two scenes to get used to the teeth. <laughs> yeah. You had, you had to cut him in half. You know, you, we'll accept him as a facsimile of Freddie Mercury. He doesn't have the exact dental look. So even if they were authentic, too big. You know, I when I read the true story, I didn't know the, I didn't know the true line of events b before I saw the movie. And when I read it afterwards, I'm like, oh my god, how could you possibly make up that much? So I went in kind of naive. I enjoyed it. I think it's a very generic, bland biopic. But I do think that what Rami Malek did was reproduce Freddie Mercury in a way that had the charisma, had the intensity. And it's very hard to create that lead singer vibe. And I think he did it beautifully. I also think that, you know, Christian Bell was technically great as Dick Cheney. It looked just like him, the mannerisms. It, it didn't it was a soulless performance because the movie was kind of soulless. But with the Freddie Mercury movie, for better or worse, I feel like I knew him at the end mm, of it. Maybe it was fair. a fake version, but I feel like that was a human being that I got to know and I saw his arc. And I cared. And so when the Live Aid, the finale came in, I was wildly invested in it. And I think that's mostly because of Malik. So I, I do think it was a great performance. I mean, the teeth, is a, that's an issue. But I, I think he's, he was able to kind of uh, work around it. 
Uh, you, by the way, I didn't see this movie. Willem Dafoe was nominated for at Eternity's oh, yeah. Gate. I don't know anything about it. So it's, it's about yeah. Van Gogh. That's all I know. Oh, okay, and, and he he's great in that. Yeah. Okay. What were you gonna say, Bought Jeff? The chart's good, and I almost thought it could have been a sleeper win, like this, with the you know the Oscars would surprise us all. Right. But it's a actor disappearing completely in the role. It's very artsy, but it, it, he's he's phenomenal. What were you gonna say, Jeff? I was going to say, it sounds like, um, and maybe this is why I enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody a lot when I saw it, it's a better film than a biopic. Yeah, and the song, to hear the music is great. I didn't I, I didn't see it in the theater. I, I saw a screener of it, but I could imagine being in the theater, hearing Queen songs that loud. And look, their recreation of Live Aid is amazing. And apparently the DVD has the, they recreated the full like 22 minute concert or whatever the performance was that they did. So that's really well done. And, uh, you know, if it had one, would anybody have said, oh, and kudos to Brian Singer for all of his hard work and, uh, you know, because he bowed out with like two weeks left. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, his name would never have been said. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know who, who gets to take credit for What's that? They'd sooner say Voldemort than well, yeah. <laughs> Right, exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. I think, uh, so, to my point, it was like, I, I don't know, I was just glad that that didn't win Best Picture because I had so many problems with it. Um, actor in a supporting role, Mahershala Ali, I thought was great in Green Book. Um, Adam Driver, also great in Black Klansman. Uh, Sam Elliott for Star is Born. No, he doesn't. He, he didn't need that. Um, Sam Rockwell as George W. Bush. If I'd seen it, maybe. Um, from I just I, assume Sam Rockwell did a great job. Because yeah, because when, I like. When's Sa the last time you did a? Yeah, when's the last job? time you saw Sam Rockwell? And you're like, he was terrible. The movie was great except for Sam Rockwell. Um, and I, I hear that this "Can You Ever Forgive Me" movie with Melissa McCarthy was great. I saw that. I saw. And um, Richard E. Grant, apparently, who I haven't seen in years. Uh, apparently he got robbed is what people who saw it are saying. Um, but Jeff, you saw that movie? Yeah, yeah. I rented, we rented that and Mary Queen of Scots the other night. So we watched Date night! Those. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we watched the Melissa McCarthy one and it was good. She was good in it. Like she, you know, it was, I said, I was like, oh, this is a reminder to everybody that like forgot she used to do dramatic roles. Like that she yeah. very much can do this. It was a good movie. It wasn't like a. I didn't leave it going like, wow, this is like a nomination. This is a great, great film that everybody needs to see. It was just yeah. like a, oh yeah, you're playing like a desperate person doing some desperate shit. Um, what who's, did you? Who's the person they were saying? Uh, uh, was, was Richard E. Grant from Can You Ever Forgive Me? I didn't see the is, movie. I'm so. assuming is that the, the British guy? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So her like gay British friend. He did a good job. Yeah. Um, what did you feel about that category? Um, Hershaw Ali, I thought, did a great job, and it's not like I'm like, well, he didn't deserve to win. You know, I think he 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 was he was great in that movie. He was, but it's a it's a leading role. He didn't have as much screen time as Viggo Mortensen, but that's a significant role. True. And, the support, you know, the whole supporting actor thing is a bit of a game where they can kind of shuffle things around. I think it's less competitive than the best actor categories, which I, which is why I guess they put it in there. They also didn't want to have Viggo and, and Maharshala compete against each other because they would have canceled each other out. So, But if you look at what Sam Rockwell did, screen time, compared to what Maharshala Ali, it's night and day. Um, was the last time did so I know Mahershala also won for Moonlight, Moonlight right? Yeah. So that was two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like who won last year? Uh, it's whoever presented it, and I don't remember who that was. I can I can look it up, but it, it, well, Sam Rockwell. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. For, for three, three billboards. Three billboards. So yeah. that's that's interesting that it's like the last two times Mahershala was in a movie about a gay black guy, he won Best Supporting Actor. That that's very true. Uh, but of course, I think he should be nominated for his greatest role of all time, 
as Cottonmouth in season one of Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. Mahershala he's Ali is great, great in he everything. He kept the whole, that whole season. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because he's died. only in like the first like nine episodes of that season. Yeah. Um, Will, you saw The Favorite. I did see The Olivia Favorite. Olivia Coleman. Olivia was she Coleman great? Is, I have loved her for a very long time. Just because she was on Doctor Who? In Broadchurch. Oh, okay. Uh, whenever that first season aired. and uh, I've got big eyes. Yeah. She does. She was really great in that movie. <laughs> I, I thought Emma Stone and um, Rachel Weiss are good in it, but they're just fine. Like also not nominated, so it didn't matter. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So she's really, I'm glad that she got nominated. And I thought that it was going to be Glenn Close. I thought Glenn Close did a good job in The Wife. I, I thought The Wife as a movie was just all right, but her performance was very good. I, th- I haven't I think... seen that movie, but can I can I uh, guess what it's about? Is it Big Eyes <laughs> about writing? Big, did you see that? Oh, big, that big Eyes movie with Amy yes, Adams. So is. it's Big so Eyes it's about just writing. Like, oh, she wrote all his books. Couldn't be more obvious from the preview. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not trying to. Big eyes for books. I don't think that they really keep it a secret. You you know that there's something up right from the opening. Well, scene. You know yeah. something's up in big eyes, and it was still a shitty movie <laughs> yeah. too. Because all the all the paintings have big eyes. Uh, I don't think big eyes was awful, but. The good um, news for Glenn Close is they're actually making a sequel called My Wife, and it starts Borat <laughs> Her. <laughs> I mean, I would see, see that. I'll see. The, the first wife, I didn't. Um, what did you think about that category, Christian? Uh, Olivia Coleman, uh, deservedly so, or Melissa McCarthy, robbed? Not robbed, deservedly so. Uh, Coleman was terrific in it. It's, a, it's an acting showcase. It's a very artsy film. I thought, I hate period movies, despise them. But I, I was all in on that one. It was very clever, and it was kind of a... Uh, uh, kind of bended some time acronistic moments, and I thought that was clever as well. Yeah, it's it's, it's a very good performance. And I, what I think we're seeing now is that the Academy voters are not doing the whole sentimental shtick. Like, Sam Elliott should win because he's great, and we've loved him for 40 years, and it's about time. Or Stallone is great, and we've loved him as a movie star for 40 years. Now he's going to win for Creed. Shouldn't have so been Mark Rylance, So I doing that though. as much as they used to, because when I was younger, if you were like 60-plus and hadn't won, you were in. And now they're not doing that. So I think that's what... I think after they uh, let Peter O'Toole die with that one, they were just kind of like... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa, wait, what? Like they didn't know it until after he died. And and by the way, um, apparently actress in a supporting role, uh, Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz were nominated. So I just wasn't smart enough and didn't know. That's how how lackluster their performance was. Yeah. uh, Amy Adams was nominated for Vice, uh, one of the actresses in Roma. But Regina King won for If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, I have a screener for that. I haven't watched it. It must be because I'm racist. Uh, but has anybody seen that movie? No, I haven't actually. Have you seen it, Christian? Okay. Wait, oh my is, God! So we don't make ourselves look any Street better. Could talk. What yeah. is that about? It's an so adaptation Street, of a James Baldwin novel. And Beale, Beale Street is James in, Baldwin is Alex's brother. No, <laughs> no. You're thinking of Stephen. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Beale Street is in Memphis. It's where all the the blues happen, or whatever. It's music. So oh, or it's, uh, yeah, it's where all the blues happen, yeah. or whatever. Barry yeah. Jenkins, who directed then wrote and directed Moonlight, did that. Got yeah. It. And I'm actually upset that that's one of the movies that I missed before because I heard the cinematography is beautiful, the music beautiful, performances are great. So I was kind of bummed that I missed that before this, this same one. You um, got the Beale Street Blues. I guess. Uh, and uh, Christian, I'm going to make the uh, most obvious joke ever. You said a moment ago there's a kind of movie you don't like. You don't like a period piece. So obviously you didn't enjoy the documentary short subject, period, end of sentence. We don't really need to comment on it. It was just a dumb joke I really felt I had to make. So what? we can. Is it all about grammar Nazis? <laughs> you, you know, I would, I would definitely watch that. Use the Oxford <laughs> comma. Why isn't there? A, it can be a short sub, documentary short subject on the Oxford comma. I refuse to eliminate the Oxford comma. 
And if anyone says like, no, that's actually wrong now, I'm like, you can, you can fucking eat some the shit. The poster could just have someone scolding another person with like their finger out. Yeah. Yeah. What? See, I don't know. We can make this short. How short can the subject be? It's also funny that when they were trying to shorten the broadcast, they were like, we shouldn't cut short documentary or short film or yeah. animated anything. We should cut cinematography yeah. and editing. Was production design one of them? Uh, production design yeah. and sa- uh, makeup and yeah. hair. Yeah. We should yeah. cut the things that make the big movies yeah. the big movies. And look. And keep the little ones yeah. that no one has seen. Most years, but, you can yeah. cut foreign film. Uh, obviously, uh, obviously, Roma was going to win this year because I was like, because I think before that telecast, I'm like, Oh, wait, the whole movie's in subtitles? Okay, so, yeah, I'm glad I didn't do an Oscar poll. I'm kind of okay with little movies getting nominations and getting screen time and getting buzz because it's like, how how about the millions of dollars? That's enough of a pat on the back. Like, maybe the people not making a bunch of money yeah. need a little bit of, like, an in, a foot But, in. I mean, like, documentary short subject and those things are very hard to see. I mean, yeah. because we live in Los Angeles, you can go to... Like a screening that's like an hour or 90 minutes, and it's like it's all the uh, documentary. Like, I mean, you can see them like frankly, an AMC If your theater. documentary didn't happen on Hulu or Netflix, it didn't happen. Well, if it's not about the Fire Festival, I didn't watch yeah. it. And I think exactly. that's actually this year. So that's not last year. So that ought to be nominated next year. Documentary lit subject. Um, let's talk about uh, an award that's near and dear to us and of course black cast nation because uh of the subject matter would be best animated feature for uh, into the spider verse yeah uh, i thought that well i thought that no matter what that award was going to go to disney because they had like three in the category and i know that technically <laughs> spider-man's not really disney but it's it's disney um but what i was thinking when i was looking at that category i just expected that you know, it was going to be like Wreck It Ralph, or you know, one of those one of those more obvious ones. Ralph breaks the internet wasn't that great. Like it was fun, but it wasn't that great. Well, I told you that my theory is that they needed to call it Ralph wrecks the internet mm. because it was called Wreck It Ralph, the first one. And when you're like, oh, we're going to cash in on break the internet, that thing people said like six years ago. No, the whole idea, you have to call it Ralph Rex the Internet. That's why it didn't win. It's probably not why <laughs> it didn't win. But in any case, uh, I I think that Into the Spider-Verse, yeah, I love Spider-Man, so I'm huge bias because there's like six spider people in it. But also, it's just so inventive in the style, everything about it. The feel was great. It looked so cool. Uh, Christian, what did you think about uh, Into the Spider-Verse winning? Yeah, it's great. And, you know, I think Incredibles 2 was good. It was solid. It was Pixar. It was good, it but, story alive. but it was also but a it, sequel. And, you know, I felt like yeah. I mean, the first one was certainly better. Mm-hmm. The first one is a classic. Yeah. I can watch it right now. It's so good. And, uh, you know, the Spider-Verse is, is, changes things. It, it's inventive. It's different. It's got a visual flair that no other film has. And, and it really captured people. I mean, it wasn't just a, oh, it's a box office hit because every Spider movie is a hit. People really love that movie, and and for all those reasons, I'm very happy it won. I felt like this was one of the first animated films I've seen in a while where it was like every single aspect of the film felt very thought out and executed like perfectly. I thought the casting was phenomenal. You know, there's not a single choice that I felt like was kind of a misfire. I thought the animation was great. You know, just even I'm sure I pointed out when we talked about it before, the way that the different characters were animated in different styles Mm -hmm. to reflect their backgrounds. Uh, It was just a really imaginative film. It felt like one of the first films you've seen where it's like they didn't come in with any other like 
pre-context or something that they were trying to follow up, like all these other sequel films like Ralph and yeah. um, Incredibles. It, it was so much its own film. That's why I love it. I hope the sequels are good. You know, having said that, I'm yeah, really excited sure. for this to have sequels, but that's because I feel like this this was something that like they gave us something brand new, original, and exciting, but it, it even just in giving it to us, it was like an opening of a door of like, yeah, and there's so many more possibilities of things that we could do with this. Like we only scratched the surface of what's interesting about what we've given you because it's so new, because there's so many elements going on in it. For me, at least. Yeah, and um, I, of course, was biased from the moment that I found out that Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham, <laughs> was going to be in it. I'm like, great, this is going to be my favorite movie of the year. I, uh, so yeah. I got the digital copy of oh, there's, Spider-Verse. there's a short. There's a short, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm old school. I'm a physical media guy. I'm waiting for the Blu-ray in three weeks. See, but, uh, I, then I used it. to be all about that, but now that they've started including like the bonus features and everything with the digital and it's cheaper, I'm just like, <clears throat> yeah, okay. I'm sorry, did you say cheaper? Yeah. It's like 15 bucks instead of 20 bucks, and you get everything, and you don't have to get new shelves to continually like <laughs> yeah. support the new media you're buying. And, uh, Will, I wanted to let you uh, weigh in on uh, Spider-Verse. I know we've talked a lot about it. Uh, the uh, the acceptance speech got cut off before they were able to thank St- Stanley and Jack Kirby. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and uh, Steve Ditko. Uh, it was the one time that Jack Kirby legitimately didn't need to be thanked. Yeah. Although, actually, allegedly, he designed the costume, but that's besides the point. Um, but a- apart from that, uh, you know, I think that... Uh, I-, I don't know. I don't see how anything else would have made sense to win in that category. No, I mean, I enjoyed Incredibles 2, and I didn't see Ralph Breaks the Internet. I don't even know what the other nominees were. Uh, it was a Wes Anderson movie. Oh, Isle of Dogs. Oh, yeah. I missed that, that one, too. Good movie. I heard it was good. I, I like him a lot. Uh, so I, I love Wes Anderson's films. Yeah. But, um, no, I thought it's, Spider-Verse was good. And it's like if any superhero movie is going to win anything, it's going to end up being in this category. Um, but I thought, you know, the message and the themes of that movie are really good. And, and it's so it's not just like a the style is unique and, and cool, too. So even on that technical aspect, it, it deserves a win. But also, like, it's not just like a bullshit movie. Um, or it's not overly sappy to where it's like, um, like it wins because it's like up where it's like in the first eight minutes, all you have to do is like, be like that lady died. And everyone's like, I love this movie. It's so good. I oh, know. I love up. I mean, like, that's good, but they had you before the story yeah, even started. Exactly, That's true. I know exactly. my, yeah. I mean, I, they I, hook you and then they bring in a talking <laughs> yeah, dog. Yeah. It's <laughs> a great point. You're just like, I've shat my pants. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's up right. is. Uh, Am the, I having a stroke? Is that what yeah. I'm watching, or is this uh, movie? up? Is what your boner does when you watch that film? That's uh, right. I'm not hitting the bell for that. Uh, all right, I, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then Christian, I know you have to go in a moment, uh, so I'll <laughs> ask you about uh, one more category, one more uh, film. But uh, so we sort of alluded to Black Panther uh, did win for score, production design, and costume, and you're like, yeah, those are those are. Academy Awards that a superhero movie ought to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, a superhero movie ought to have won visual effects, but apparently uh, First Man uh, did. So Really? Whatever. Yeah, First I'm Man sorry. won that category. That's a bummer. Uh, yeah. Worst Damien Chazelle movie, and that's, I, uh, that's saying that's something, something after something. LA, La La Land. Yeah. Um, well, like La La Land? I enjoyed it, but it's like I it's it's a movie that I really liked the first time I saw, and subsequent uh, watchings of it have made me like it less. Mm. So don't watch it again, and then your your level will stay I'm where saying, it is right now. Yeah. It's funny though because uh, Whiplash is one of those movies where it's like the more times I watch it, the more I love it. You know how I feel about that movie? 
Not my tempo. I wanted to talk about uh, the uh, Black Klansman. I wanted to talk about that specifically because Jeff was raving about that movie when it was in theaters, and I only just saw it like in the past week. But um, I was glad that I finally saw it. I think it's it's a well it's it's a great movie. It's a great story. Uh, gr- well cast all around, and um, I don't know the the main actor. The uh, who- it's Denzel Washington's son. Okay, well, that mm. would make sense. Uh, John that- David Washington. Okay, N- now now that explains it. Even I, t- I think I might have mentioned it to you because it's like if you, you listen, think- his cadence. No, no, as you say it, I can kind of hear it. Yeah, um, and but I thought he was great. I thought uh, I, I I thought that uh, he did a good job, and it's the. I don't know. It's one of the better Spike Lee movies I've seen in a long time. I don't always check them out because when when they're good, they're good. But oh, yeah. man, when they are not, it's like, <laughs> what am I doing with this with this movie here? The uh, sweet blood of I can't believe I just watched a movie for two hours. Like yeah, that. right, exactly. Um, but what did you think uh, about the movie on the whole? It won for adapted screenplay. Great movie moment in the telecast. When Sam Jackson presents him with the award, they have the hug. They, you know, do the right thing, as it were. Mm. Um, what uh, did you think, Christian, about Black Klansman? I liked it a lot, and I, I don't think I've said that about a Spike Lee movie in quite some time. Uh, it's a can't-miss story, but you can have plenty of can't-miss stories that a director or a screenwriter will botch. So I, I give the Spike Lee and his team all the credit in the world. I will say that Spike Lee was one of, I think, four writers in the film and I don't remember any of those writers getting a chance to say much of anything at the, when they won the award. So I know, listen, we're all there to hear Spike. I get that. But it would have been nice if he kind of made a comment and kind of stepped aside and let his let his colleagues take over. But uh, I, listen, the last scene with the Charlottesville stuff is I, I think it's I think it's absurd. But uh, and I think that there are certain moments in the movie where it gets a little preachy. But overall. It was very entertaining and very smartly cast and uh, a good movie. I'm yeah, good. I mean, I understand. I, I like when Spike makes good movies. Yeah, I understand why he felt the need to include the Charlottesville stuff, but I thought that the movie was better without that. But because it, it, it now it's like tied to a very specific moment, and I think if you had other instances, like I, I feel like present day David Duke speaking was the most powerful of all of those. Like, oh yeah, that guy didn't go away. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he's a really funny character in the movie. But remember, <laughs> he ran for president and uh, you know, everybody knows who he is and he's still out there. Uh but what were you gonna say, Jeff? I is like it's interesting. I really enjoy that that's a part included in the film because I think it could have been a fine movie without it, right? Like I mm-hmm. think it's a great movie without it. I felt like when I saw that to cap off what I had seen from the movie, right? Like I saw everything in the movie and I enjoyed it. I connected with it and I could see all the parallels with today. But then to have it presented to me of like, you know, you already start off with this like based on a true story. So you're like, oh, this is like, you know, mostly some stuff that happened with like some artistic licenses. And then like you go, Fargo. Yeah. And then you go straight to like, this is actual somebody from their cell phone. Like these are people being murdered in front of your eyes by a car. And this is yeah. this is why like anything that everything that's like funny and silly about this movie is still silly, but it's like, but there's serious shit going on. Like, people still feel this way. Like, right. this hatred still exists today. I, and so, for me, it was just sure. like seeing that at the end was like the reminder that it's like, you know, if this, the film was supposed to be more than just a film, and I can see why that's not for everybody, but I appreciated yeah. it because I felt like at the end of it, you go out and you're like, oh, I see how this applies. Like, I see 
how this is, affects my day to day. Yeah, no, look, I, I understand what he was going for. I understand that it is effective. I can see, you know, having if you're watching it with an audience, it can kind of hit them in a specific way. I just thought from a filmmaking standpoint, when they cross cut Harry Balafonte, you know, as whoever that speaker is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, telling that story, that terrible story, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the same time as the clan initiation, talking about Birth of a Nation, they're cheering on watching a Birth of a Nation. I, I thought that was more effective. That's the movie making. Mm-hmm. You know, taking some film clips and putting it in there is, you know, hey, it's still going on. Uh, it, it's fine. It just it took me out of the movie a little bit. I don't, sure. It didn't negate anything that I'd seen. I just felt like, oh, the movie was stronger if it ends with that burning cross because it's like, by the way, still happening. For yeah. sure. I, I think maybe to some extent it's a reminder for audiences because one thing that maybe... Uh, one thing that I feel like I've seen a, uh, more so lately is this idea of like... Um, or at least I felt like this was reflecting was this idea of like too many people are trying to like hide out in their little like safe spaces and like pretend some of this shit isn't going on. Yeah. So it's like this was basically telling you like, no, you can absolutely not walk out of this movie and think that anything about this wasn't serious. Like you can't walk out of this movie and think that it was just like a film that was, uh, and and just a story that we told for your entertainment. Like, this shit's real. Just remember that when you leave. I- Will, did you see Black Klansman? I did. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I wasn't really bothered by the ending scene. Sure. I maybe because somebody told me or... I, but it's just also... Yeah, I guess if you know it's coming. I didn't theme, know that it was coming, but yeah. Somebody had just said, oh, there's something at the end that's like very political. And I was like, oh, okay. So then they showed that footage. And then, I don't know. I think it's important to be reminded of that because we we're able to sort of gloss over it a little bit. And... Like, it was a pretty terrible thing, and and the fact that the president's like, it's very bad on both sides, blah, 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 kind of thing. I was like, no, it's unequivocally bad Take it on out of context. this one sure. side. Take um, it out of context. Yeah, everything we could say that he says could probably be taken out of context because he's such a fucking crazy person. <laughs> All right, but for another well, time on that. But the... I don't know. I it didn't bother me because like it's what about good, the movie in general, like the movie as a whole. What did what were I your liked thoughts? it. I I kind of wanted to see a little bit more. I don't know. I wanted to see a little. You wanted more Kylo Ren. I thought he was great in this. He was very good. They built that tension pretty well between like him being the real guy and David Duke. But like his voice. By the way, Topher Topher Grace is David Duke. Is what I I don't know. I don't know who you know where that idea came from. That's one of my favorite casting. I can't even think of anything that like made made me laugh more than he picked up David Duke. I'm like, oh my god, it's Topher Grace. Topher Grace is the best at doing that like smug superiority like like his Eric Foreman like. (laughs) Well, that that was his Eddie Brock in uh, Amazing Spider-Man Three. But back to uh, movies that are actually good. I, I just I guess that one part i was like man his voice is so distinct i feel like this would really have hit the fan a little bit before it did but i mean i don't really have any major issues with it i love the score i like that it was kind of like a little throwback to black exploitation kind of sounding stuff and yeah um I thought yeah the i mean that camera good. work at the end the long hallway thing yeah. i thought that was really cool right. very reminiscent of that i like that they talk about black exploitation um and the music's great in it too yeah you know, that, that dance scene that 
you could certainly take it out for time, but I was glad it was in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. it, it helps set the mood for the tone and the time. Um, Christian, I know you have to go. Uh, and I think all I said in the intro was that you're from Hollywood and Toto, but I didn't give all the ways that people can find that. So I will leave that to you here uh, on your way out to tell people okay. where they can find Hollywood and Toto and the Hollywood and Toto podcast. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you said most of it. Uh, Hollywoodintoto.com on Twitter at Hollywood in Toto and on most audio platforms, it's the Hollywood in Toto podcast. So consistent branding is paramount to my life. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. So thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, a a regular guest on the Dennis Miller option uh, now on Westwood One. So uh, see, I can turn your plug into my plug. Um, <laughs> I like it. Anyway, Christian, thanks so much. And, uh, you know, we'll talk to you again next year, but uh, hopefully we'll have something to chat about before then. Sounds good. All right. Thanks again. I... Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to get into the whole uh, Trump conversation there, and I think uh, uh, I think it was, I didn't know exactly what his political leanings were. I guess I could well, have. Uh, yeah, Hollywood and Toto is a is a uh, conservative. Uh, oh, uh, le- uh, leaning. Oh well, then there are better conservatives that he can stand for. Donald Trump's not a conservative. Well, yeah, I think I think he, there are better ones he stands for, but I think that uh, the it's it's Everyone's turning into so touchy. Well, are you triggered? <laughs> yes, little triggered snowflake. No, no, no. You're I think, so worried. I, I make fun of the president. I think it turns yeah, into like get into a it's war. like, hey, we can make. Fun of the guy in our family, but don't you make fun of the guy so in, in our family? Um, anyway, uh, Jeff, do you look like you have a point, or you're just pointing at something? <laughs> you're like, do you have a literal He's point? Shooting, yeah. No, I don't know. I, I really, I see, like going back to Black Klansman, I see why the ending pisses people off. I, it's like, it's something that's thrown in your face. And it should. I mean, the move, the move, the idea is uh, is to piss people off. I think. Yeah. You know? But it's like I'm like, yeah, that's very much intentional. It's like you go through this whole movie, you feel however you feel about it, and then at the end, there's this nice little reminder that's like, oh yeah, no, somebody just got fucking killed for absolutely no reason because people have not figured out how to let the hate out of their heart about the color of someone else's skin, like. Fundamentally, we have not figured out how to stop yeah. being such lecherous pieces of shit, even though we see something set like 50 years ago and think like, oh, what antiquated notions. Yeah. So, and I think that Spike, who, by the way, plenty of photos of him and Donald and Melania, you know, yeah. socializing together, yeah. Yeah. that made the rounds. Right. Um, and yeah, I don't think that his uh, speech was so much anti-Trump. The it fact, wasn't. No, the fact that Trump took it that right. way means like, Oh, what do you feel guilty about? Of all people, like Britt Hume from Fox News uh, wrote a piece about, or, you know, yeah, I think he wrote a piece. And he was like, yeah, uh, no, Spike's speech was not particularly anti-Trump. Uh, I think uh, President Trump needs to have a little bit of a thicker skin. That's right. Uh, which I think, think a lot of people... think that all the layers of fake tanner would have would, helped. Would actually yeah. provide... Yeah. You know what? There, there's the answer, Trump. Go really tan, yeah. and then your skin can become more leathery. Well, I guess that was my like minor point. was like, uh, you know, okay, so maybe saying it's bad on both sides is taken out of context. But the larger point is when asked to condemn neo-Nazis, he did not do that. Right, and yeah. that is really the problem. That's really the issue. Well, no, the, the the bigger issue than that was that the man didn't denounce the endorsement of David Duke That's when also he was very running. True. Yeah, and then after he got elected and had all these other problems, and then when there was a demonstration by white supremacists, yeah. didn't come out and like unilaterally Say. condone it, or I'm sorry, um, condemn, it. condemn, condemn it. it. And it's just like there's 
I'm sorry, there's one path. That's there's the context. One path right, here. Right. This, the path is this no. is Yeah, this is <laughs> this is one of those like mm, nope, no, yeah. no real two Absolutely ways about not. this. You're not a Thanos villain. Yeah. You're you're just like <laughs> Yeah. And I think that it was smart for uh Spike to not go so heavy handed and like uh, hey, look, we have uh, David Duke in the White House right now. You know, it's like, I don't know, we, yeah. there's a similar sort of thing. You know, uh, but to Jeff's point, it made me realize, like, oh, yeah, he could have uh, certainly put David Duke, you know, what, in 2016, yes. say, like, endorsing him. Like, hey, David Duke's still around. Yeah. This is who he liked. Not, but yeah. but I, think, I think that as a movie, it worked better, uh, you know, the, the way that they did it. Right. Uh, joining us now, making a return to the black cast, is Marissa Serafini of AfterBuzz TV uh, on Twitter. At Serafini TV. Is Instagram the same? Yes, that's right. All right, so that's where she can be found. Now, you're here because we haven't really talked much about A Star is Born. <laughs> we talked about the performance, and I think in general, well, I, Jeff, you didn't see the performance, right? Because you only saw the last, you didn't see yeah, Bradley and I did Connie not see that performance. Because he put on like the last half hour of the Oscars, but that's all right. Um, uh, we, those of us yeah, who I saw. I was watching it, the Joes. I don't even know what that is. It's the like. It's a bad joke. I'm just going to drop it. Let's oh, move on. Okay. Let's move in. <laughs> great. 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 Uh, <laughs> that's one of those, Will. Oh, boy. Yep. Just lean back from the mic. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but we talked about how much we liked that. And I wanted you to talk about the movie, uh, A Star is Born. How many times have you seen it? Why you've seen it so many times? Why you liked the movie so much? And also what you thought of that performance. So all that. For you, Marissa. That's a lot. And I'm so glad that you brought me back for this. You're our expert on a Star Wars board. No, I wouldn't say expert. Because the last time you were on, you reminded me of this. Mm. We were talking about Venom. And instead of going to see Venom... I saw you, Star is Born. Again. Again. You started seeing it for like the fourth time instead of seeing Venom yeah, that, at then. that point. Yeah. So now I've seen it probably about ten times. And I've Venom? seen wow. and I've seen, no, no, no. <laughs> I've seen Venom <laughs> ten times. <laughs> ten times. Uh, I, I forgot all the questions that you just wanted me what to What you thought of the movie? Uh, fantastic. It was my but, favorite what, of right? that one scene with Tom Hardy. <laughs> it's still not Venom. <laughs> but what see, and for me, like I saw it and I'm like, oh my god, that's so hugely depressing. I can't watch that again. As right. great as the beginning part is, you know, it's sort of like a fun ride. It's not like to me, it's not like, oh, this is a really sophisticated and unique story. It's a film this is the fourth version, I think. Maybe at yeah. least the third. Fourth iteration is yeah. I mean, granted it is a sadder ending yeah. compared to if you if you're the fourth used iteration to the of what? Good a star is born. This is the the last one yeah, being Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand in like nineteen seventy six. Yeah, but they all end in the same I way. I feel yeah. dumb because yeah. I had no idea that there was any previous iteration oh, of yeah. this story. Yeah, this is the Judy yeah. Garland. You should really check know. out the, the most unusual one, which is Laurel and Hardy no, I, and then two lead roles. I I, I look up massacres, not whether or not singers have sung <laughs> yeah. a stupid song before. Uh, anyway, so for me, I feel like the ending was just a little bit of a bummer. But um, so, what is it about the movie that you're just like, I gotta keep, I gotta keep going back. What 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 about it makes you feel so good? I love the whole just journey of her. She started at a place where she didn't believe in herself. She didn't have enough confidence, and it does take someone else to see that talent within you and give you that opportunity to shine. Not just in Lady Gaga's life, where, you know, she always has that quote, it only, you know, you can be in a room with 99 people, so on and so forth, whatever. Um, but just the, the journey and the character of Allie throughout the entire film. She's in a place of denial. She she cut herself off. She, like, she, she, she pretty much she didn't believe in herself. And then here this guy sees her, her talent for who she is, and gives her a chance to... Pr- 
properly shine. And she does it on her own because she's so talented. He just gives her the actual platform. Yeah. I mean, we could all use a Bradley Cooper in our life who sees our talent. He gives Uh, her the the platform. I'm still waiting for mine. And the connections to actually get to where she wanted to be the first first time. Rocket Raccoon. Walked into a room. <laughs> well, yes, it is Rocket Raccoon. And Holding up Lady Gaga's Bible. Obviously, yeah. this feels like uh, it's probably a personal story for Lady Gaga because, I mean, making the rounds after the fact, or maybe around nomination time, was that, you know, she's young enough so that when she was in college, I guess, there was like a Facebook group that was started, and I forget what her real name is, but it's like so-and-so, whatever Lady Stephanie Gaga. Germanata. Yeah. It, no wonder Stephanie I don't remember. German no, but like, no wonder she changed it. Uh, <laughs> so very it, and the Sick face, name. And the Facebook group is called... Oh, germ. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the Facebook group was called Stephanie Germanata Will Never Be Famous. And it was just because people hated her so much and they knew she wanted to be famous. And I think but that like, they knew she could sing, but they're just like, yes, yeah, she will never be famous because they because hate her so they much. Was it because they were haters? Like, as haters? Or is it because she was like a fucking bitch? Cause Good question. I don't, don't know the answer. I have no, yeah. I have no context, but it's like I could totally see Careful. a scenario in which Lady Gaga, aka Stephanie German Face, <laughs> was a total bitch growing up, being like, "I'm going to be famous. You're all just fucking." Plebeians. Well, that's a, no, that's Madonna's story. That was like, that was always her. Like, what do you want to do? I want to rule the world, you know. And like, that's where she came from. I don't know that Lady Gaga came from that. I don't know much of her story. I've heard. Two I amazing you interviews. I watch her, her documentary. Though, I've heard two place. amazing interviews that Howard Stern did with her. They were about like an hour, and I learned everything I needed to know, including that at that point, that's when I was like, oh, she can really sing. Just sit at a piano and sing. I, you know, I knew about like the meat dress and, you know, all the that <laughs> stuff. But I was just like, oh, she's actually a really good singer. That's great. If you do all that stuff and you also can sing, that's fantastic. Well, that's also the thing is she's not just a singer. She's a songwriter. She's a musician. She can play piano, play guitar. She can do so many things. Her career, she can also, she's because she's so multi-talented, she can cross genres. She can go to rock. She can go to metal. She can go to country. She can go to jazz and still have successful albums out there. Look at her career. Not many musicians can cross genres so successfully like Yeah, I mean, she, she performed so with Metallica her, at the Grammys la- exactly. last year. Yeah. She did a whole album with Tony Bennett for jazz. Like, she she has so many more skills than a regular quote unquote musician or singer could do because she has more skill sets and that makes her more well rounded. Even more than Madonna. I guarantee you Madonna can't cross genres. I've like seen Madonna play. movies and uh, they are not good. <laughs> uh, Dick Tracy's a masterpiece. Is she great in it? She's wonderful. You're sure? Great. Really All right. Great. Well, then, I liked her, then uh, check out Shanghai Surprise. I, I only bring that up because it just shows Lady Gaga. Yes, who, like, who was actually nice when we were teenagers? I, I guarantee you, we were all terrible. No, like, I, Jeff think was I, was bad I think I was a but nice kid. She, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Like, I love me granted, some Jesus. I don't care what her attitude was growing up, but it's how she's you know portraying herself now, mm-hmm. and that's what I appreciate. And I appreciate her hard work and everything that she did. She did the grind to get to where she did. She is yeah. now, and I appreciate it because I I do see I recognize just the talent. She's so talented and. So many different forms, and I think for people that think of her as you know the you know mostly somebody who sings pop music, seeing her in that movie, you're like, oh look, that could be when I think a lot of people saw that 
she in fact can sing, uh, you know, sing regular songs. But uh, and I think that she, you know, was good as an actress and it, it put Madonna in that role even 20 years ago, 25, 30, whatever. Madonna was a terrible actress. I know you love Dick Tracy. She was great in it. But apart from that, so is Al Pacino. Alita. <laughs> Al Pacino was pretty great. Yeah. You, mean, you mean Evita? I loved her in Alita. <laughs> you mean Evita. the animated movie that's out now? Evita, yeah. Evita the one where she's like a That'd battle really angel great. ruling over Argentina. You're thinking Evita really versus Alita. But um, also, don't cry uh, for me, Argentina. Don't cry for don't me, cry Evita. For me, Metal City. Uh, I also, uh, I have to give credit to uh, Andrew Dice Clay as her dad, who apparently had a, a That was role. actually, yeah, he thought, was great. He I was, was like, solid. Dice, okay. Dice was great. He's and solid. I, I could have used more Dice, and apparently there was more Dice that they cut out. Uh, now, did Not you surprised. see that there's a they're re-releasing the film in theaters with more scenes and more music? Yeah, encore. Why? So encore. that will be so that she'll go twenty times. Yeah, probably. A now, will I'll find like at least one day of the week to maybe go back. Will <laughs> she's seen it ten times now? That beats. We talked about this earlier. I want you to tell her the mm. movies that that beats your records for. As a child, when it was in the theaters, I saw episode one, The Phantom Menace, eight times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Star Wars Episode One. Star Wars Episode One. And I saw Man of Steel six times. But that's as an adult, nice. just a few years that ago. Was as but an adult, I do have yeah. to clarify that when. It, Star is Born was in theaters. I saw it only six times, but now it's been released on iTunes and DVD. And oh, okay. So six times okay. in the theater. Totally. So, so I still hold the record. You still yeah. hold the record. I still hold the record. Collectively. Okay. What do you think that this guy's never time. seen those movies since the theater? Yeah. I've no, seen Man of Steel altogether like probably 20 times. <laughs> at least once a day. Yeah. Those yeah. are long films, too. That, so yeah, that's true. Those are pretty long films. Uh, so and then Marissa, the performance. I think it's great the because the Oscars performance. Yes. I think you know, look, Bradley Cooper. Sure, he can sing for a movie because you can do that in a studio. You can do a lot of takes. Mm-hmm. You can sweeten it if you need to. Look, Emily Blunt didn't sing her song from Mary Poppins. Yeah. I'm not gonna say why lines, that might be, um, but I don't know that. Yeah, that would. Yeah, but I don't know that uh, was, that Emily Blunt can sing on stage. But the fact that he did and you heard it, it was like, oh, it's kind of like his speaking voice. You know, when he's singing on the Oscars. Yeah, well, that's what he says. So so that part is like twofold. Emily Blunt has said clearly in past interviews that she actually gets p- painful stage fright. And so mm, even, that's fair. even mm. performing, like just going she to... She needs to smoke There's an Emily. interview out there where she said she almost had a panic attack um, just to do the audition for Into the Woods. I mean, oh, she yeah. had to sing in that. Just for the audition. I mean, granted, we know that she, she made it, but it so it makes... Complete sense that Bette Miller performed that because yeah. I don't know if Emily Cle- Emily could actually you know handle the the pain <laughs> the the painful stress. Yeah. Um, of and at this point in her life, so uh, Bette Miller fact. better not have stage fright. So you know, she's that. been on the stage enough. That, and then Bradley yeah. Cooper also mentioned that he was worried what his voice would sound like because he he no longer sounds like his character anymore. That that you know he trained for months to get his voice lower and register so he's like i'm just gonna sing as myself and hopefully it sound good and he did amazing so I, I give him applause for that because not only is he just an amazing director and actor that we've seen in the last years of his you know career that we've publicly seen now he can also sing did he also yeah. direct uh, silver linings or no. what no, that was, was david O'Rourke. yeah what david else did he direct uh, this is his first debut yeah yeah okay but he, he he's so engrossed the limitless yeah. show. he's so engrossed in just movie making and television yeah. making itself like he is multifaceted also in that way now we can see him with another skill set of singing that mm. people don't know now do you think that he should go on tour like hugh jackman 
You know how Hugh Jackman's doing the Greatest Showman tour? He's going to be at the but Hollywood Hugh Bowl Jackman this summer. Hugh Jackman has Broadway experience. Uh, he he's Wolverine. Off. He can do whatever he wants. Right. He, but they have completely different backgrounds. Hugh started off yeah, in musical true. theaters. Like he built that stamina. I mean, Bradley Jackman star of the a blockbuster film Australia. <laughs> no, I didn't know that, but I actually enjoyed that film. Um, Bradley Cooper was on stage as uh, as the Elephant Man. Now that's not a musical, but he can he can perform on the stage. Yeah. Um, so I thought I thought he did very well. I was impressed. I to thought it was a great moment. Lady Gaga. Yeah, that's who's true. It's like Queen right now. Yeah, mm. and uh, we were talking about this earlier before you were in the studio that. The you the decision of the director, like, yeah, go sit down next to her. I was like, oh, yeah, you don't have to share mic with her. But that was so great. That was so uh, compelling. It was a great performance. Um, and I then think again, it was re- really, re- sorry, not no, go ahead. I think it really reflected the actual performance in the movie, too, because she goes to sing next to him, and now yeah. in real life, he goes to sing next to her. It's kind of like full circle. You know, I think if I'd seen the movie six times, I would have thought of that. But because I only saw it <laughs> once because it bummed me out, I didn't right. think of that. I think the beautiful message in that movie of like, even if you have a nose like this, a guy this handsome will like you, <laughs> is beautiful. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, terrible. it's it, that. <laughs> Will's just shaking his head because we can't hear Will shaking. Get his in head. there, Will. Yeah. What do you got to say? Audibly shaking. His um, head. You haven't said anything about a Star Is Born, Will. Um, I, I passionately dislike that movie, but I'm giving Marissa the space to not be that guy that shit on something not that being other that guy, people love. Yeah. Because it, like that gives me no pleasure. Can I hate it when somebody doesn't like something that you like and they can't let it go. Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Well, yeah, that's the one that I have to let people know. That's just bad. Uh, but no, that's the worst. That's the worst kind of person to be, and it's something that brings a lot of people joy. And so, like, I'm not. Can I'm, you I'm can you isolate that. something that you liked? Well, thank you for Star being mature about it. Yeah. Oh, I did like the music. I love Lady Gaga. Yeah. I like the fact that she's just being herself, so that yeah. performance feels very authentic and very real. I, I did not like Bradley Cooper's voice. I thought it was too put on to be like Sam Elliott, but she was good. Uh, she was really, I mean, obviously, I think she's the big draw for a lot of people, so sure. she was, there were, I really didn't have any problems like with her in the movie. Right. I didn't mind his voice either because I am such a passionate fan of country music them itself for years. And I've met actual country music artists, like I met Trace Atkins and like big names and stuff, and they do have low, mm-hmm. low voices. I, I talk like so, Sam Elliott. Yeah, I have also so met I Trace Atkins, yeah, and yes, he does really talk like that. Yeah. His acting voice to drop the register of your voice was very real. Um, and you've also met Famke Jansen, the real Jean Grey. <laughs> oh, yes. that, that doesn't have anything to do with this nope, topic, but, but I I'm felt glad like was, you brought that up because we need to keep reminding people that, that, that she's that has the real Jean Grey, Miss yeah. Marvel. Yes. What? No, Marvel no, Girl. No, no. Same thing. It's very different. No. Totally Captain different Marvel, character. Same character. Not the same character. Marvel Mary Girl. Marvel. Shazam. <laughs> Shazam. It's a DC conversation yeah, now. DC. The that original is, Captain Marvel. Fuck that's you guys. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then Marissa, and our, as we wind down here, what mm-hmm. else about the awards or any of the nominated films? What stood out for you? Uh, did you watch all the Oscars? I, I assume you were here at After Buzz working. I did watch all the Oscars. So you did watch it. Uh, what else stood out for you for the evening? Was there another, like, oh, this is a great moment? I think we started off great with Queen and yeah. Adam Lambert because he's fantastic. And I think that's the best way to, with, with a lot of energy, especially not having a host. So it was like, yeah. wow. If you start off the show that great, I was like, yeah, all right, there, there's actually a good hope that the rest of the show is going to be good because I think people were tuning in hoping it was going to be a humongous mess. And Adam Lambert, not the only American Idol performer who right. was Jennifer on. Hudson Jennifer too. Hudson. Sorry. Neither of whom won. Neither American of them won Idol. their seasons. And, uh, and look where they are now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. at the Oscars. American Idoling. 
Um, we, and call, we, we call that uh, we call that move the uh, the Ruben stuttered. <laughs> and uh, finally, Will, I'm going to point out why this must have been the single worst Academy Awards for you to ever watch, because it is the only one featuring a cameo from Stanley. Mm. No, it's fine. You sure? Yeah. I know how you feel about the Stanley cameos. Yeah. By the way, it's it's one of the worst ones. It's the one from uh, X Men: The Last Stand, where he's watering. Yeah, yeah, he's watering, water. yeah. and the water shoots out. I couldn't remember for some yeah. reason. I thought maybe that was one of the. And then Chris Claremont's on one of the other lawns, oh but but that's like right. it's such a bad movie. I was like, that's the Stanley. Yeah. Where, Tony Stank. This yeah. is my favorite Marvel yeah. film. Yeah. yeah. But but it's not just that. Like that whole in memoriam, as great as it was, there were so many moments and clips that they showed of the yeah. actors or whoever, and that was, and I just kept thinking. There's so many better moments in the career you could have picked for one to two seconds to show on screen. I would have done the one from, what, Guardians 2, where he's like, and then I was this guy, and then I was this guy. When he's like in space or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Anyway, well, that is indeed our uh, fourth annual Oscar uh, podcast, Oscar cast. Um, Marissa, people can find you. At Serafini TV. That's right. And uh, at AfterBuzz TV. If you like Hallmark Channel, you're <laughs> their person, right? Yes, and you can find me watching Hallmark Channel. <laughs> yeah. You, you they, can they watch along with you or just watch you talking about it? It's mostly watch me talking about it after the fact. After the fact. So the Christmas yeah. season is but like just that's the best big for you, Yeah, right? yeah it's like don't even talk to me during Christmas <laughs> wow. because I'm not going to pay attention to you. Sorry. Yeah. And if you think this episode is garbage, remember what Oscar himself once said. I love trash. I love it because it's trash. You know what? I love you because you're trash. I think Oscar. I think he should host the Razzies next year. No, yeah. why doesn't Oscar, Oscar why doesn't host the Oscars? That would yeah. be great. Mm. Here you, <laughs> just like a dick, like the Dave Chappelle version of Oscar the Grouch. Well, Dave Chappelle hosts the Oscars. That'd be amazing. I agree with the yeah, Razzies. Yeah. How has he not done it? Already? How is he not? Uh, and of course, you can find the Blackcast on Facebook. The Blackcast. Go ahead, give us a like. At Blackcast on Twitter, B L A D T C A S T, and of course, Blackcast.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. And I do a lot of things elsewhere, but including the Dennis Miller option now on Westwood One, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Thank God it's not on any other podcast company that anybody else might work for. But I also am all over After Buzz TV, and you can see me talk about Marvel. You can see me talk about Donald Trump. You can see me talk about Star Trek. And I also now talk about Marvel on the Popcorn Talk Network, Marvel Movie News. My name's even on the logo. Look, guys, you can be impressed. And that is Thursdays at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific on the Popcorn Talk. Will, where do people find you? Uh, They can find me at Will Sterling underscore on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, that's pretty much it. Motivation Report. Back on hiatus? Kind or? of on hiatus. Okay. Got a lot. Of, pretty soon a lot of shows for a lot of people. And when I have free time, last thing I want to do, another podcast. So thanks for coming and doing this one. You're welcome. And uh, <laughs> Jeff DeRay, we have, uh, I recently called out a tweet that was a, a very perfect Jeff DeRay tweet. I actually don't remember what it was now. <laughs> it but, was, uh, did you hear about the mysterious murder of the man who worked in the noodle factory? It was a real case of, or it was a, it was a real case of the Udon it something yep. like that that was it and that's what they get if they follow at Jeff DeRay and so uh, please follow Jeff DeRay we will be <laughs> Marissa you like that one or no 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 I was just wanting to say before we leave I love your hat just oh saying. thank you oh his Boston Celtics hat oh, Boston yeah. Celtics. yeah dude yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, just had to end with that. Uh, Hell yeah. And now, uh, that's all we have the time for. So we will see you next time on the Blackcast.
Shallow now. 